For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Thinking of starting a podcast? We'll try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. I just, I need to breathe after that one. That was just, that was just too much. (laughs) My blood pressure was like, just on a steady incline. <laughs> yes, the whole the whole night. I mean, heading into the second half, I was feeling really good. But I don't know what it is, man. Down the stretch, I guess not having that closer type of guy really started to show up. And they the Hornets started hit some some very lucky shots, in my opinion. So down the stretch, what they had three they, straight triples. Yeah, I mean Kelly Oubre like came alive in the fourth quarter. And Dude. he was he was ice cold for like the whole game, pretty much. Exactly. Exactly. Precisely. So for me, it's just like I'll take it. It's a win. A win is a win. I don't care what people think oh, yeah. about because the you know, NBA is gonna talk about this tomorrow. It's gonna be all over Sports Center. Uh and really anywhere in NBA circles, everywhere is going to be talking about that. The call the calls at the end. I will say this. I do believe that they missed a call on a possible Cavs foul beforehand too, though. So <laughs> I'm, yeah. not gonna, I'm not really going to be mad about it, though, because oftentimes it always seems like the Cavs are on the bad end of this. <laughs> yeah, I um, I felt like the foul was kind of balanced out at the end of the day because that three-point give for ed davis just telling terry like yeah man the play's dead and then the refs are like yeah even though the play was dead we're just gonna call this uh three-point play and i was like wait everything i was like is someone on twitter gonna explain it because i was listening to like the hornets broadcast their broadcast yeah yeah and and he they were like uh like the guy who's i forget his name right off the top of my head but he's the guy who's always so emphatic on those like bleacher report highlights that you see (laughs) He yes. was just like, um, someone needs to explain to me what's happening because I have no idea, but I guess I'll take the four-point play. And then they just like moved on, and I was like, oh, I'd like to delve a little deeper into this. And they thought it was on Kevin Love for like two straight minutes, even though they like the ref came on and said it was on Ed Davis. And they're still talking about Kevin Love with the foul. I'm like, the dude's sitting on the bench. It, uh, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, and we haven't even started the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With that being said, welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy Mac. Joining me today, my co-host, Corey Walsh of Fear the Sword. Corey, we just talked a lot about this game. Dude, 
walk me through your emotions at the end there. I guess we'll start there just because that's the place to start, I guess, because yeah. that's where everyone who's probably joining live right now is thinking like, what, what the hell did we just watch that? I'm right there with them. <laughs> that fourth quarter in general, like the whole fourth quarter in its entirety was kind of like a landslide culminating with you thought that the Cavs were just about to give up this good third quarter. They just put up that kind of made you think that we were icing the game away, but the Hornets came back with a vengeance and the refs also really couldn't decide who they wanted to win either because there were calls on both <laughs> sides that were pretty brutal to say the least. I mean, obviously we're a Cavs podcast, so we're going to talk about how we got robbed probably at points, but <laughs> I could absolutely also would have happened, <laughs> but at the same time, like there was definitely some calls that the Hornets probably could have got at the same time, like off the top of my head that a Coro like tugging Hayward away from the rebound was what kind of stuck in my that, mind. That, sh- that should have been a foul, but I'll take it. <laughs> I'll yeah, take I, it. Well, yeah. I didn't think the end of the game with uh, Allen and bridges was a foul either. Cause when you look at the replay, like bridges really like dove into Allen and Allen he was did. pretty stationary. He didn't really, it wasn't like he reacted to him getting bulldozed into either. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the Cavs win, I'll take a win. Like I tweeted out a W is a W. So <laughs> take the it record doesn't it. show asterisks. So Ex- we'll exactly. take it. This isn't a bubble season. There's no asterisk. That's too <laughs> Mickey it. Mouse of W's. <laughs> exactly. So I'll take it. It's another, it's another game without Darius Garland and one that they managed to win in a team that is, you know, competing. The Hornets mm-hmm. are no slouch. They're, they're they're an up and coming team just like the Cavs are, and they features a wealth of uh, very good players. I mean, we were, we're talking about how good Lamella Ball is. Terry Rozier, he just got paid not too long ago. They have a couple of guys on there who who always just seem to come uh, come to play whenever they come to see the Cavs. But man, I just I'm in awe right now just because they had a lead that that lead. I felt like that lead was solid and it just dwindled away. It just dwindled away. And I'm not Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, I just feel like at the end of the day, the talent that the Hornets have versus the talent that the Cavs were missing is what was kind of deciding that fourth quarter at stretches because yeah. the Cavs were kind of just sticking with the same players. You kind of saw too. Yeah, I was surprised with the pace, honestly. Like, we were doing full-court sprints, I felt like, for the whole first half. And that kind of plays into the Hornets' uh, transition-heavy style of play because, you know, with LaMelo at the helm, he's always going to just throw passes around like he's Patrick Mahomes, just <laughs> flicking it all over the court. <laughs> and Miles Bridges is like Tyree Kill, always open by like four feet in transition. And you just yeah. pray to God that you can limit those. But we were, we were going – pretty well it looked pretty rough after the first quarter but we really kind of found our ground from the second quarter onward yeah 30 to 15 they outscored the Hornets 30 to 15 in the second quarter and that was kind of when I was feeling like you know what Cavs have a very good shot to pull away with this win tonight if they continue their effort and if you notice I'm sure you did just like many other Cavs fans man their effort on both ends of the court was was very high tonight and it was a, a welcome sight because of the past few games, they just kind of look out of it defensively, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely going to still be a tough thing to kind of traverse through uh, in regards to facilitation and ball movement, but it was better tonight. I think Goodwin is really starting to get the the hang of of the starting one guard, and for him, man, I just 
I love it. Development. You continue to see what this guy can bring to the table. Uh, we obviously know, you know, when Darius gets back, there's no question there. Uh, we know that Rondo is probably more of a trusted guy come the postseason. But you do start to, you do have to kind of wonder, hey, um, for for what Brandon Goodwin brings to the table from a scoring standpoint, man, uh, just he, they better bring his ass back. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, I said on Twitter, I was like, when Brandon Goodwin decides he wants to be aggressive, it's a problem for mm-hmm. other te- for opposing teams. But like as we've seen, he does go through stretches where his confidence, like for no reason, really kind of wanes away. He feels got like that jetty. He's got he some like jetty. wakes up and is like uh, like go baker mayfield he's like i'm feeling dangerous <laughs> that, i feel exactly. like brandon goodwin wakes up and feels like that don't worry i know people complain that most Cavs podcast turned into the browns podcast that's not this no i don't <laughs> I, i'm not a browns fan nope, uh, neither am i so <laughs> we're just gonna move on and yeah. yeah but when goodwin is ultra aggressive like he was today i love it because he then develops gravity for defenders and when he's just going to be passive, we're seeing he'll become what like a Coro has become resulted into where for the majority of this game, like a Coro would stand in the corner and they just had the Plumlee. It's, is it miles or Mason? I want to say it's miles. I don't know. Yeah. They literally had Plumlee on him in the corner with like four feet of space and were begging him to shoot. And I was telling (laughs) Mac before I watched the Hornets broadcast today on the NBA TV one. And they were saying the whole time, like, you got to just let Okoro keep shooting those threes. Like not going to be disappointed to see that. And it, you know, I'm just like, it's interesting to hear those perspectives from the other uh, broadcasts. Cause you cut to us. We're like, we're kind of wanting a Coro to shoot those from a yeah. developmental standpoint. But when you hear it from them, it's like, ouch, what the hell, man, <laughs> why do you gotta take those shots at a Coro <laughs> like that? I mean, they are. They're going to look at him because I think I heard even on the Hornets broadcast tonight, they were talking about how Mobley doesn't provide too much, you know, from the perimeter. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I mean, you can't necessarily disagree, but he's, yeah. I, you want him. You want him to take those shots and you're OK with him, like trying to formulate that part of his game and improve that part of his game. And in case of Okoro, especially, you want him to take those shots because there was a time to begin the season at which he looked a little bit more timid. In, do, in doing so um, down the stretch in that month of May last season, uh, he looked his most confident ever when he was the one of the the secondary facilitator or ball handler uh, rather to Colin Sexton. And he looked comfortable taking that three ball. But this season, it's kind of come and gone in regards to the confidence. Yeah, for right now, I think it's always safe to say that his main offensive threat is transition because he finishes always. through contact with like ease. He's just <laughs> such a bulky dude, as you saw when he decked Kelly Oubre in I mean, transition. Down some some WWE elbow stuff, dude. Man. He looked like it was like Brian Urlacher ramming into like someone that it's just like. <laughs> The announcer was like, man, Okoro is just a bulky dude. That yeah, guy is insane. I didn't so think young. it was malicious either, though. I no, thought it was no. just like he was going for the ball in transition. He was in the air. But then Ubre does the thing that every NBA player does where they like check their head. It's like, oh, my God, there's is there so much blood? But he keeps checking. I'm like, dude, of it, it's not there's, there the first four there, times but... you check the towel. Stop checking it. The refs aren't looking at you being like, is there blood on that towel? Yeah, he pulled a LeBron out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> he was trying to sell it a little bit. But I get it. It's part of the modern NBA. It, all these guys are actors these days. But just good to see that uh, nobody came out seriously harmed from this one for the for the Cavs, especially. I mean, watching Jared Allen go down, bumping knees with was it Gordon Hayward earlier? Yes, <laughs> that scared me. 
Um, and I don't know about you guys, um, if you're if you're listening, that was a scary moment because uh, here I am sitting here. Jared Allen's got a double double in the first half, 15 points, 11 rebounds, and I'm like, holy shit! The last thing that this team needs is a potential All Star candidate in Jared Allen going down. I mean, it, if Jared goes down and he's out for the season or or you know an extended period of time, that's when I start to panic just because. They're they're not built. They're they're not as deep as you know as we once thought they were, especially in the center position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say if uh, if he did have a season ending injury and this was Mac on two K, he'd be trading our first round pick for Hartenstein to be have a return and be like, <laughs> this is the plug fix that we need. That, give me give me Fion Duke, Captain Kelly. <laughs> yeah. I'll take him back. <laughs> I'll put all my development points into Kevin Gale. Screw that. I'll adjust it myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make him a 90 plus player. Uh, but with that being said, I'm I'm so glad that he walked away from that unscathed because it did look bad. And that it instantly reminded me of Colin Sexton because that's how he tore his meniscus. It was a bumped knee with Jared, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Yeah, I uh, the minute that happened, I honestly thought it looked because you didn't really see the knee. It kind of looked I thought maybe Hayward like just like uh nut tapped him or something and that was like what happened because like you see that happen with players a lot now because everyone's yeah. first instinct is to do the slight nudge yeah. so that uh the refs don't call it and but i was like oh maybe the wind got taken out of him or maybe that happened and then i'm like something oh. like that it didn't look like even when he was down i didn't think it was the knee but then when they showed the replay like seven times i'm like oh oh god this is so much worse than i expected Exactly. So I'm I'm just glad that that he's okay. We cannot take another injury at this point in time, especially <laughs> no. being so thin at this point. Um, do we have a timeline on Lowry's return? Do you, do I, you, I haven't checked on that in a while. I think I saw something that like maybe he's like a week or two away still. I mean, that ankle sprain looked horrible. So if we we're getting it, it back, even in like three weeks, I would be pumped. I was because that could have easily been a season ender. I, I, like the fact there was no structural damage to those ligaments to me is wild. Like permit, <laughs> like tears, not like, yeah, he has a sprain. So there was damage, but you know, um, I'm not a Twitter doctor. So <laughs> Dr. Corey to the, <laughs> with the, uh, with the analysis, but uh, yeah. yeah, I definitely can't wait to get him back because his impact from a state, a spacing standpoint, just it would, it, it, it's so important to this team. Man, these sirens, I'm telling you, <laughs> I don't know if you can hear them, but the, the ambulances are out tonight. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but yeah, Lauer's return, even if it's like just for the start of the playoffs, I'm okay with that. Even if it takes that long, I just want the guy back just because. We clearly need him. There, JB is. It's got his work cut out from trying to figure out this lineup from night to night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. We don't have any wiggle room for depth at None. this point. <laughs> and yeah, and you know we've both been on like no trades, no trades, no trades train, but it's getting harder and harder not to consider one with the way things are going. What are your thoughts on that, man? Are you are you finally coming to like is Karis, is Karis Levert starting to slip into your mind? No, I'm in the mindset now. I just want I like between you and me, you know, guy to guy here. Uh, I've been looking at the trade machine for minor moves, <laughs> trying to find stop gaps. I feel like that we we have to use those trade exceptions. Like, what is just, your definition of a stopgap, though? Like, what what kind? I of I just player? want rentals. I want one year rental players. Like Nick Batum is someone I've kind of been circling right mm-hmm. now for a three. He looked good four. last night. 
And now that the Clippers basically just hoodwinked the Blazers, they have so many pieces they can just let go of. You caught flack for that one, right? <laughs> no, I caught flack. Say. So, like, there was the, the tweet details came out about the trade. And uh-huh. it, anyone looked at that trade and was like, I don't know anyone other team that was compete like that couldn't have offered better than Justice Winslow, Eric Bledsoe's corpse, and Keon Johnson. That was so disrespectful. <laughs> Eric Bledsoe's corpse. He, the dude Damn. is washed. Like no one's figured him out. It's been forever. And I was just like, at this, based on this trade, the Cavs should be able to acquire Brandon Ingram for Pangos, Ed Davis, Ricky Rubio, and a second <laughs> rounder of their choice. And then apparently the Brandon Ingram hive came out and wanted to slush like uh, slash my throat saying like this guy doesn't understand how trades work. We would never give Brandon Ingram up for scraps. <laughs> and then I was just like, I literally like was like to him like this was a joke. And he's like, it's not a joke if it wasn't funny. And I'm like, OK, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, Pelicans fans, that you're down, that Zion is gaining weight and losing weight faster than <sighs> the biggest That's loser contestants. That really makes me sad. And I know we're obviously we're a Cavs podcast, but, you know, for, for Zion, I, I'm really pulling from because he's very exciting. Whenever he's oh, healthy, for sure. very exciting player. But we the thing with him, we all have known all along is that even when he was a dude, got to lose some weight. Got to get in shape. How much do you want it up here? How much do you want to actually be successful? Because at this point, to me, that's what it boils down to. Um, you Obviously, you know, it keeps having those injury setbacks, and that that is contributing to his weight gain. I'm sure that's not helping in, in the slightest, but I really do want to see him be successful. But I just don't want this to be another, like, Joel Embiid situation in which guy sits out for, like, two-plus years before he really steps onto the court uh, for – a long period of time. And even Joel went through his periods uh, where, you know, he wasn't playing uh, good chunks in games and he wasn't playing, but more than 50 some games a season. Yeah. The Zion thing is pretty brutal. And uh, the Pelican situation is even more grim in general. I think we're supposed to get like another update on his health like two weeks ago and they've been media silent. So that can only mean great things, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know what their plan is. Um, I, I just I hope things work out for him, but I would love to see Brandon Ingram in uh wine and gold. So I yeah. hope it doesn't work out too well. Yeah, no, I'd be <laughs> fine if they decided to blow it up. I know apparently Twitter would really hate that <laughs> based on the reaction I got. But yeah, yeah. Based back to the trades thing, like um, I think the Cavs, I, I don't know. Uh, do you feel like you're more into these longer term trades because i just don't really feel like messing with the core of the team right now i guess still i mean it's got it's for me all along it's been it's got to be the right deal and it has it can't cost too much because anything that includes like a player who immediately come in and contribute and that may have a future here is going to cost you ricky Rio's contract most likely it's going to cost you probably colin sexton in a sign and trade or or just uh, straight up at the deadline um it's going to cost you some assets. And although I don't think like the, the picks are going to be highly valued assets, you know, as the Cavs continue to progress, I still think I want to hold on to those. If it's not netting them a player that's worth their while and everybody that's been floated out there this far is it's one of two things. Either they don't really fit the timeline uh, or they cost too much. Um, Yeah. Eric Gordon as a rental would be great, but he still has at least one more season, even though it's non-guaranteed uh, come the 2023-24 season. 
still still a hefty price tag when you still have love on the books and you're going to end up having to decide on Collins contractual situation and you're planning for the future. Darius Garland, you got to start thinking about him. Um, yeah. And you obviously gave Jarrett the money. So I don't know, I guess to answer your question, marginal, still marginal. I'm not going to hit the panic button. Now, if Jarrett went down, hell yeah. <laughs> full panic, full panic mode. Yeah. Make a, make a move, do something because I don't want them to, not capitalize when when windows open and shut so quickly like colin went down rubio went down uh darius is missing time lowry's out <laughs> if jared goes down nope time to pull all the all sound all the alarms yeah for some reason i'm always like kind of allured by the guards in san antonio like Derek Murray. White is someone I'm I'm intrigued in, but not for the price that I've been seeing float around. But like I, I like we think of last year, like Evan Fournier was supposed to be a first round trade piece, and he turned into a second. So like, say Eric Gordon at the end of the day, we trade one of our two really high valued second round picks mm-hmm. with him, and then attach the uh, Rubio contract to that. I'd probably be more down for that than like a second. It's like dumb to kind of say that the difference between like wanting a player or not is our first and a, or early second rounder. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like at the end of the day, it's those marginal types of differences that make Kobe Altman's moves really impressive because he's always kind of just squeaking out by the margins and like a Danny Ainge type of style where he's just kind of like draining the most he can out of an asset. So trying to get Eric Gordon for the least amount possible would be very ideal for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not against Eric Gordon in any way. I just, like you said, I, I want the cost to be right and wait till like, when wait till they have no choice, but to make a decision, you know, put them in a corner. Don't, don't walk into the situation showcasing that, you know, you're willing to pay whatever. And Kobe's done a great job at that. I mean, we've seen over these past couple of seasons and even though people like to hate on Andre Jumman, getting Andre Jumman for what was it? John Henson, Brandon Knight. And I think a second round pick that was, that made a lot of sense at the time. I mean, those guys. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone was really crying tears when we had to watch uh, John Henson walk away. Not that he wasn't a great guy, <laughs> but you know, like no one's like, "Damn, I just got his jersey online, and now he's gone." <laughs> right, former former All Star Drummond at the time too, still looking really good um, prior to that trade, and had some really good games with the Cavs. Uh, but the point is that Kobe, you know, he makes the most. He 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 takes what he's given and makes the most, and he has since he's walked in the door. So holds you know that 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 remains true in this trade deadline i just i hope no hasty decisions are made i know this is a continual thing you know we're going to keep talking about this until the deadline passes but uh yeah i'm my stance hasn't changed and now like i said if jared went down sound all the alarms make that make that damn deal do whatever you got to do yeah i don't know if you heard on uh zach lowe's podcast he talked about the Cavs for a little bit and he said that they're aggressive but they're still cautiously aggressive so it kind of leaves Best like approach. a yeah they're saying like they want they want to do something but if like i said it like it goes into conflict with like core construction or something that will affect them more down the road if it backfires they're still not trying to pursue those types of moves so that should make people like you and me feel at ease because that's our main concern like we don't want to just do a move that's for this year alone because mm-hmm. at the end of the day say like uh, let's say best case scenario is that we go to the eastern conference finals play milwaukee and we get throttled in like a six game series and then it's like well now we are invested in karis lavert or now we have two years of eric gordon 
on the books. Even if like at the end of the day, we still have so many other decisions to make past this year. This isn't like a, this is it or it's over. And if we make, if the Cavs start making moves like that, then this, this run we could potentially have will end really quickly. Yeah. You have to approach it cautiously and you have to just, you have to understand this is not the season of pushing all the chips. As long as they do that, they'll be fine. Their, their window is just now opening in my opinion, I see a lot of people thinking that they might have like three plus all stars next year. And I just want to remind people, you know, that's becoming increasingly difficult to do, uh, especially with how deep the Eastern Conference is. It's not impossible, but uh, it could definitely happen. Um, but just in regards to to the topic at hand, yeah, I mean, as long as they stay the course, don't do anything too rash. I feel no reason why this team can't be contending for 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 at least the next four to five seasons. Uh, cause these things tend to roll about that long. Yeah. You know, as my best attempt for a segue is, you know, at least as long as we have one all-star for right now, that's all that matters. DG <laughs> D- baby. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. DG all-star. Corey ain't say nothing to me. Cause I would have worn mine too. Even though I wore it the other day, I would have pulled it back out. But, uh, yeah. All-star DG. Are you going to get some, uh, some all-star gear? Have you already gotten some? Um, I, I don't really love the, yeah, no, I don't really love the jerseys this year. So to me, that's kind of a no-go, honestly. <laughs> that's understandable. I, I don't think I'm going to get the jersey as much as I'd love to. I haven't really been loving the – I just don't – I'm not in love with these jerseys. I don't know why. Maybe I, I'm like what? kind of an outlier. <laughs> you don't like the uh, the mixtape? Oh, I, I like the uh, – the rising stars ones, the all-star okay. game. Like I would love to get a DG one, honestly, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like I'm not, I don't really, I feel like they kind of are getting lazier with these all-star uniforms, honestly, but this is how I feel like in all sports. Like I feel like the Super Bowl logo has been getting way worse for years. I feel like the, these all-star jerseys are also kind of just getting more like it's how everything's trying to be too simplistic now is like the futuristic design and i'd rather it just kind of be more crazy and artistic than it is right now i guess okay i mean that makes sense so you think they should kind of go back to like i want to say even in the early 2000s maybe late 90s they would still do like actual jerseys like regular players jerseys would you prefer them go back to doing something like that yeah, just something that isn't doesn't look like a fifth grader kind of picked two colors on my team and then decided like this is what my uniform's gonna look like and that's it. It looks like <laughs> they just started like a template and we're like, you know what? This is good. We'll just slap the logo on the front and we'll call it a day. Yeah. But those rising stars ones are super cool though. Those ones Yeah, they're they're pretty dope. If I could get a Mobley one, I would snag that up real quick. <laughs> right, right, man. Speaking of Mobley, Mobley was uh, he was pretty effective tonight, even though he didn't shoot too well. Eight points, eight rebounds, five assists, but he went four thirteen from the field, and that's he didn't even take any threes. So I mean, I attribute most of that to just the Hornets' defense being able to kind of stifle him a bit. But I still, not from a passing standpoint, the vision man, he just continues to impress me. Um, yeah, the great thing about Mobley is that he can affect games. Like we we didn't draft him being like, all right, well he has to score like. 15 a game or this he won't find other ways to contribute like his defensive presence is always like dialed to a 10 i feel like 
like we got very unlucky towards the end of the game where Rozier goes in to try to score in the last few minutes. Mobley absorbs him into his orbit <laughs> and it looks like uh, Terry Rozier looks lost. And then he kicks it out to Ubre, who Goodwin's guarding. And because Goodwin's so much shorter than Ubre, it looks like it's uncontested. But <laughs> my point <laughs> that my was point, insane when I saw that. I'm like, <laughs> he did look like he was at least half a foot taller than him. I know. It's just like the great. That's what's so amazing about Mobley, though, is like, Anyone who it's it feels like no one watches any tape on Mobley and they're surprised when they get like right in front of them and they're just like looking up and they're like, oh, my God, wait a minute. And then they, they try to turn around and then Jarrett's also behind them and they're just stuck in like a forest with no way to escape. But Mobley is oh, my God, Mobley is so good. Yeah. I don't know what we did to deserve this moment, but I will take it every day of the week. It's the futility. I mean, the sports, the basketball gods have mercy on us. You know, it seems that they favor Cleveland a little bit in regards to the draft lottery. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, with our luck over the last, you know, 15 to 20 years or so in that regard. But, yeah, I mean, did you see that pass he had down the uh, down on the block to Allen? Mm-hmm. That was yep. beautiful. And, I mean, and that was through two defenders, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he his passing is, like, insane i just wish like kevin love took him aside one day and was just like listen i don't tell anyone this but i'm going to teach you how to do these outlet passes <laughs> the the trademark man that's what we could put that into his bag oh my god that would be insane because he can already bring the out. ball up too so like that'd just be like an insane threat to have it's such a weird skill set for a seven footer to have too if he would be able to just being able to bring the floor up at that size too um that would that would be awesome if you could develop that West Unsailed outlet type of game. Well, add that to his game rather. Uh, we we know that this game was was mostly about Jared Allen. I mean, you could tell from the jump. This guy's yeah. out here to prove something. He's pissed off. He got snubbed. Although I think the majority of majority of us can now say we do feel like he'll end up suiting up in the All Star game as an injury replacement. Yeah. But I'm not gonna lie to you, dude. Uh, just purely based upon like the fan vote. I thought Jared Allen, you know, he would be the first reserve called from Cleveland. Yep. Um, and I thought Darius Garland might have been one of the last ones. Um, but obviously we know, you know, where there there's no case to be made in which Darius Garland isn't more important to this, the, the team success than Jared Allen. Um, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is this. Um, Darius Garland and Jared Allen, I feel like they both should have made it. I feel mm-hmm. like Jared did get snubbed. But this 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 night was truly about Allen out to prove a point, and I hope he did. Yeah, for sure. I I remember you tweeted yesterday, like saying how there should have been both, or like because the issue I felt like was that they the, <laughs> Charles Barkley kind of pointed it out too. He was like, "Damn, these lineups are small, man," and it's because like they they didn't put any like they put Tatum, which I guess is tech. He's technically a power forward these days but like they didn't respect the bigs at all like if they filled it out positionally to an extent jared allen definitely would have got it and i think he would have honestly taken darius's spot because there was just a huge wave of people thinking that van fleet was going to get in as that last guard over garland and i kind of saw like if i was always in the mindset that like jared's going to get in so they're going to think oh that satisfies cleveland pretty Mm -hmm. much and then they'll put in Van Fleet instead. I'm not complaining that Darius is it because I do feel like, like you said, Darius is the engine of this team. Yeah. But he's also the engine on the offensive side. You could easily also say Jarrett's the defensive engine of this Cavaliers team too. So the anchor. Yeah. 
Yeah, it really – you could argue it's either or, but I'm going to be pumped it when Jared Allen gets announced as the second one on it, obviously. Yeah. I, I think we are both pretty confident now in saying that, that that is a likelihood. I feel like that's going to happen. It's not, it's not a given. It's not set in stone, but I feel like tonight would probably persuade a lot of coaches. and It's the coaches that make – or is it the NBA – Oh, Adam Silver decides who's okay, going to be Adam the, Silver. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I feel like I, hopefully Adam was watching, <laughs> or maybe yeah. hopefully somebody said something to him because this this was a monumentous game. They don't win this game without Jared. Obviously, twenty nine points, twenty two rebounds, uh, five to seven from the line, which is encouraging. Yeah, but I have a question for you. So, like Durant um, is the only re- the reason I feel confident is because Durant they're trying to fill Durant's spot of the forward slash center. Mm-hmm. So. That's why I feel like confident that it's Jared. But if it wasn't position based, do you think that Jared would still have the case to get in, or do you think they'd pick someone that would like be more exciting for fans to watch, like Lamelo? I feel like you can make a case for Lamelo because I'm starting to feel more and more like the All Star Game is one. The voting is both primarily upon popularity with the fans, and two, they the NBA as a whole feels like they just like to serve up a product that the fans are going to want to see. And, you know, we're moving away from traditional bigs. And while Allen, you can't, I guess you consider him a traditional big, but I'm not, I don't like to throw him in that. Uh, he is definitely a throwback. I'll give him that. But he, he plays more of that back to the basket style um, as most modern bigs don't. But I feel like LaMelo, you know, he probably would have had a solid chance to get into. But I do agree with your previous point. If they went back to, um, positions as opposed to what they kind of do right now. I do feel like Jared would have probably flip-flopped with Darius in that regard. And people, I think people are forgetting this too. Had Kyrie Irving played the entire season, Kyrie Irving's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, had Ben Simmons, <laughs> as much as we hate to say that, it, had Ben Simmons played this season, he probably would have made it too. This is a deep Eastern Conference. So I, I, while I am glad that both made it, um, it's going to be tougher and tougher to continue to replicate that. I'm just hoping, fingers crossed, this season we get both of them in. Yeah, it's also not likely, I feel like, that Boston's not going to get both their stars into the team. Because, you know, yeah, Boston wasn't slumping right now. If they were like a fifth seed or fourth seed, both of them would have been in easily, in my opinion. Definitely. I, I feel like they just knew they had to put one of the two in. Overall, I was kind of thinking Brown more deserved it than Tatum. So I, was I didn't like Middleton. I, I I didn't like Middleton's um, uh, yeah. being included. I was seeing like people were saying it should have been either Middleton or Drew as the second one. I feel like it should have been Drew because I um, I have Chris Middleton on my fantasy team. <laughs> and I can tell you right now that dude is not doing me too many favors. <laughs> overall, he's averaging what is he like 17, like a little under 17 points a night. Something like that. But yeah, I, I you could definitely make a case for Jared over him if they, they consider him a forward, right? Yep. So that you could definitely swap. It's not a DeMar DeRozan sketchy positional based that, play. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that earlier. Like that's that's another thing. You don't really know where guys are classified at. Um classic Ben Simmons argument, is he a guard? Is he a forward? LeBron, you know, a Luca, they all kind of suffer from this from this same type of thing. Uh, I feel like the NBA treats it <clears throat> like fantasy baseball, where if you play the position once, then you can kind of pick and choose where you want to play them. Yeah. 
because like but center. it should just <laughs> yeah it should basically like it feels like all right lebron played center for half the year why can't we just put lebron as the center for the all-star team then nope we're gonna put him at small forward because he played that w- like consistently in miami and cleveland <laughs> and you're like yeah. okay but he's not doing that this year but i think I, I i don't know i i feel like there's a lot of things you can nitpick with the all-star game but we shouldn't really nitpick because you know we got an all-star and we're probably getting two so at the yeah. end of the day we're benefiting from this and, so and we thanks. got two in the rising stars so on the same team exactly so i mean you couldn't ask for a better result with it being held in cleveland so mm-hmm. this is uh the stars are aligning for this team with them being in position to make the playoffs so things are going right and we're probably going to stumble through the gate a little bit more until darius gets back hopefully he's able to suit up on sunday um really 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 hoping that man because i can't take too much more of this uh back and forth type of play um will they won't they type of defensive effort yeah even though india we're playing indiana right because like we got two against them yep yeah they're even though they're kind of falling apart i feel like defensively they're always kind of a pesty team overall especially if tj mcconnell was at full strength that dude from last year gives me nightmares <laughs> that what do you have 10 steals 11 yeah. steals <laughs> he set there i think he set their single game record or that was it. that was the most insane thing i was like envious while also just being like in, in disbelief I, I was, was just like all. oh my god i was like I, last season i was tweeting trade for this guy <laughs> like <laughs> go after this. this is a perfect situation for us if we can get a backup point guard that's exactly what i was thinking last year yeah no right. i remember uh the minute rubio went down i was like is tj mcconnell available <laughs> like that was like the first thing i thought of yeah you're just, just looking like, around like uh it's like the laziest thing to do ever. It's like, hmm, white guy, point guard. Who can I replace my other white point guard with? TJ McConnell? Yep. Yeah. Like said, go after Aaron Kraft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Delhi. Uh, good times and bad times with him. Um, that being said, though, man, there's there's other bright spots outside of those guys, outside of Jared and, and Evan. Uh, I liked what I got to see from Brandon Goodwin again tonight. 12 points, 9 assists. Not too great from the field, but he did shoot four nine from three and hit some very timely triples. Yeah, the aggressiveness, like we said, is what was so important for him in this game. Like when he's aggressive, I feel like he's a completely different player, but you don't really get it's like you said, it's Jetty. You either get it one way or the other. And we saw with Jetty today that leash was very short <laughs> with JB. He was ready to yank him the minute he let him out. <laughs> yeah, that's uh he played. He played uh, sparingly, it kind of felt, tonight. 15 minutes for Jay. I felt like him, Lamar, played very sparingly. And then I remembered at the end of the game that Windler existed again for like the 15th time this year where they show oh him celebrating. God. And yes, I'm like, I was like, oh, geez. He, he got the Dean Wade treatment. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what? I, well, I'm not switching us to a Dylan Windler podcast. We are the premier Dean Wade because that is – that's the boat. I don't know. Actually, we could probably have a decent chance if Dylan wants to hop on <laughs> if we switch or we could be the Dean and – Dylan podcast. Dean and Dylan. Yep. Sounds good. Those take our jobs. <laughs> exactly. If they'd want them. Say uh hey, uh you're working for free, but <laughs> but we'll be your audio a, board. That being said, a, a guy who is not, you know, who has not been kind of left out here is Kevin Love, who just oh. continues to shine. 25 points, nine rebounds on the night. And Kevin Love, man, he's I don't know if you've noticed this, but this guy seeming like his three point volume is just like skyrocketing right now. He took 14 attempts tonight and hit six of them. But man, if 
this dude has got to be considered one of the top two for sixth man of the year. We talked about this last episode, <laughs> but you you got to look at him that way. He's got to be one. If it's Tyler Hero, the other one better be Kevin Love. Those better be your top two right there. Yeah, the reason I'm laughing is because last episode, Mac was like, he's got to be in the top three. And now it's top two in the next <laughs> podcast. It's going to be, he's got to be the top candidate for six man of the year. And then the next one will be, he won six man of the year already. <laughs> yeah, just crown him. Give it to him already. He deserves yeah, no, it. Kevin Love is the lifeblood of this Cavaliers offense right now. Without Darius, for some reason, it's just like Kevin Love looked in the mirror and he felt like he gained like 30 pounds back to Minnesota days. And he's like, I am Minnesota Kevin Love again. (laughs) And I'm just going to huck up some threes for the entire game. And um, the funny thing is, like, I, I tweeted this earlier, but the Hornets broadcast was like, oh, my God. Kevin Love out of a time machine. And I was I like, heard that. I'm like, have they not like done any of the research on Kevin Love this year? Like he's had not. games that have been more impressive than this past one. And oh, they yeah. were acting like they were like just awestruck by this performance. And then they, cause probably cause they look at Gordon Hayward all the time and they're like, do something, please. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, stay healthy. That's what there's. St- dude, Ken, Gordon Hayward looks bulky. I don't know if you noticed that, but he looked a lot thicker than I remember him he from does. like a few years ago. He has like really built up. He looks like a freight train. But yeah, Kevin Love, insane. Like, I, I'm loving this. I am relishing me staying faithful to him for the Do you past have a Kevin years. Love jersey? I I do not have a Kevin Love jersey. I have multiple Kevin Love t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, I, I just ordered a new Kevin Love t-shirt. But, I have uh, uh, the the one from the first year, uh, Colin's rookie year, where it's the Cleveland, but it's in blue, where gotcha. we wore the blue uniforms. Oh, yeah, those were those were awesome. But yeah, Kevin, me and him go way back. <laughs> no hate, even though he did snub my girlfriend for an autograph right in front of her face. No, he did not. I don't believe it. I, I, I was at the Cavs Celtics game earlier this year. Kevin Love was doing autographs. I knew he wasn't probably going to give it to a 24 year old kid asking for his autograph. I was like, I just looked at my girlfriend. I'm like, go tell Kevin to autograph this jersey, please. <laughs> and she goes up. She's like, Kevin, and like holds it in front of him. And he just walked away. And I was like, you know what, Kevin? I still love you. Even it's though you say was Kevin, <laughs> even though you just rejected my love, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's, I can't not watch this guy and be happy. I mean, there have been points. There's always going to be ups and downs with Kevin. Well, I'm not going to say always. Hopefully, we're past the down portion. But over the last few seasons, there have been numerous ups and downs, not only from an injury standpoint, but on-court uh, outbursts and things of that nature. He has completely put that behind him. And I'm sure a lot of that has to do with team success. Uh, but he just legitimately looks like he's enjoying basketball again, man. Yeah, he relishes being the leader, like the veteran presence of this Cavs unit, because like you saw after the end of the game, he was the first one in Jared Allen's face telling him that he was an all star and that he is going to be an all star. I'm leaving out some words because, you know, try not to (laughs) trying to get monetized, you know, sometimes. (laughs) Exactly. But um, yeah, Kevin Love has been insane and he's had some up and down moments, like you said, but you know, you love someone when you will make make up excuses for them, even when they <laughs> wrong you. And I've done that. For Ke- I'm a Kevin Love apologist and I won't shake from that stance. Well, man, good, good for you. Um, you know, I, I can't say the same because I have been pissed off at Kevin Love. Um, not this season, uh, definitely last season at points. I'm just like, dude. 
why are we paying you this much money? But I mean, as when he's playing like this, it's hard to justify that he's not worth what he's being paid right now. Just because to me, Kevin Luck could probably still start on some teams, uh, maybe play a little diminished minutes, but he could still start some places. And I still, like I said, last episode in the general sense, I still feel like he's a star. You just you don't have to start to be a star. And right now he's in that latter portion of his career in which starting doesn't matter as much as winning. So for him, man, I just I really, really hope he wins that sixth man of the year award because that's just another thing he can put on his resume. We already think this guy is going to be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> just I mean, that's that's the one the one big thing missing from him uh, for him at this point in his career. Sixth man of the year would mean mean the world to him, I'm assuming. And winning a championship without LeBron James in Cleveland will be uh, another great accolade on his shelf. Mac, don't worry. I beat you to it. I knew that's exactly what you were going to say. <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> we all knew that's what you were thinking. The fans were thinking it. We're all thinking it. Yeah. Kevin Love's going to hold up the wrestling belt for the second time. He'll say two-time champ, and LeBron is not in the picture. All right. You know LeBron's coming to that parade. He'll be there. <laughs> All the, the 2016 team will be there. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. We just see Mo Williams in the corner, just like yep. just one fist pump. Kyrie and LeBron on separate ends. Damon Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Uh just just the all around tonight. Uh very positive vibes from this. It was a hard fought victory. However, you you know, however people view it in regards to the late game situation. I just legit. This was a fun basketball game, all in all, both sides. That being said, though, if we lost, would you still say the same thing? And that four point <laughs> hell no call would haunt you in your dreams tonight. <laughs> hell no, hell to the no, no. I would not be saying the same things. So I'll I'll, I'll admit that. I just think that uh, definitely something you you get these wins. A win is a win. Sometimes from time to time, you're going to get wins that people are going to judge and they will <laughs> like i said people the nba is going to issue some type of statement about how they won this game but i don't care they're not taking the double way <laughs> they're not going to make them replay it so i don't know those those are my thoughts on it uh i don't know i had a good time i had a good time watching this game it dubs last forever <laughs> yes exactly uh with that being said guys we're going to go ahead and bring this live edition to a close as I always tell you, go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We definitely would appreciate your help in getting us to a thousand subscribers. Also, if you want to reach out to us individually or at the podcast, you can at, at it's Cavalier underscore pod at Devron Perry at common underscore core. Have a good day.